everybody, welcome to episode 117. The title for this episode is Time is a Bully. <laughs> Time is a Bully. I heard that phrase from Krista Tippett. She's one of my favorite podcasters. She has a podcast called On Being. And in one of her recent interviews, she asked a question and she just threw that phrase out there right in the middle of her question. She said something like, you know, most of us see time as a bully. And my mind just went kind of crazy like it does sometimes when I hear certain phrases or sentences that I know is going to turn into something creative. That's what happened there. Sometimes it's going to be a writing or it's going to be a podcast episode. And so we're going to talk about time. We're going to talk about how time can be a bully. We're going to talk about how we spend a lot of time trying to stop time or speed up time, and we're going to talk about a better way. But before we get into that, I'm going to do something I don't know that I've ever done. I'm going to read an excerpt from my latest book, which is called Whole, Restoring What's Broken in Me, You, and the Entire World. And this is coming from chapter three, I think, uh, page 51. The chapter is called What Are You Seeking? So I'm going to read a short excerpt with the hope that it will sound delicious to you. And then maybe you'll think about uh, going out and getting the book. Uh, Or if you've already read it, maybe you'll think about giving it to someone else. So here we go. What are you seeking? Maybe it's the reconciliation that needs to replace the racism in your community. Maybe it's healing for those who are sick and suffering. Maybe it's the little boy on the autism spectrum who needs you next to him. Maybe it's the book that needs to be written. Maybe it's the well that needs to be dug so that children have access to clean water. Maybe it's slowing down so that you can be present. Maybe it's the song that needs to be composed. Maybe it's the forgiveness that needs to be offered. Maybe it's the, it's the forgiveness that needs to be received. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's rest. Whatever it is that you're seeking, it's connected to your secret, how you specifically want to change the world, and it needs to be shared. When you begin to awaken to the really good stuff that's in you, and when you begin to realize that it's there to be shared, you are seeking wholeness. When you keep pressing in, even though sharing it threatens to scare you right back into hiding, you are seeking wholeness. And when it begins to become clear that your life really is showing you what you are seeking, then it's time to discover where it is that you're going. There it is, friends. Chapter three of Whole. And I hope that elicits some hope, some desire, and even some hunger in you. So let's get into episode 117. Time is a bully. So I thought a lot about this as I prepared for this, and I thought about different ways in which time can be a bully. So uh, whenever I'm starting off on vacation, it's really an interesting moment when like we're packing up the car, but vacation hasn't started yet. 
maybe we're about to get on a plane and we're loading those suitcases into the car to head to the airport or maybe we're driving to the vacation but whatever it is the vacation is all out in front of me and i love that moment it's just rich and ripe and i have all these hopes and dreams for the vacation some of which happen and some of which don't <laughs> especially when we had really little kids in fact i wrote a blog post one time uh, maybe I'll put it in the show notes uh, that said, you know, when you have little kids, you don't take vacations, you take trips, <laughs> you take trips. And those trips are filled with all kinds of chaos and craziness. Uh, and you come back more tired than you left. It's just hilarious, but they're memory makers. And um, so there is that moment on vacation right before it starts where it's just so ripe and so full and my hope is big. And then it's really interesting. I don't do this as much anymore. I don't notice it so much, but I used to really like if we were on a seven day vacation, you know, on day one, I would say, oh man, we got six full days left. So great. And then day two, like, okay, you know, we got, wham, we got five days left. And then you know, day three, day four, day five, be like, oh no, man, we only have two days left. Well, at least we have two days. Left. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I, I would spend this time being conscious of the time that was left. And in that way, I really do think it's like any, for any time I spent um, sort of, sort of worrying about that there wasn't enough time left. That's one of the very subtle ways that time is a bully. Another, I mean, there are other ways in which, you know, I think we want to speed up time, right? So maybe there's a meeting at work that is just ridiculous and your boss is demanding the TPS reports be done ASAP and it's Friday afternoon at four and you know you're going to have to stay late on a Friday night, maybe even come in on a Saturday and you don't want to and you're just wanting time to stop, you know, so you can maybe get those TPS reports done. Uh, and then still have your weekend, uh, maybe a bad date. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been in one of those, but I remember those. <laughs> Let me tell you, my friends, uh, when you want time just to like speed up, uh, maybe you're in a season of your life right now where you really may like, like, like most days are just boring maybe, and you want them to speed up. But I think most of us, most of us were aware that there's really not enough time to squeeze it all in. We, whether we're list makers or not, we have certain expectations about the day, whether it is, whether it's a work day or a day off, you know, it's a Saturday and we're going to get those, we're going to get the lawn mowed, we're going to get the laundry folded, we're going to also, we're going to play with the kids, we're going to watch a movie at night. We're going to we're going to do all these things. And then you get to that moment on that Saturday. Maybe it's one o'clock. Maybe it's two o'clock. Maybe it's five o'clock. And you realize that all the things you wanted to get done, you're not going to be able to get done. And there's a sense of panic that sets in. You know what I mean? There's a sense of kind of like, no, no. Um, and then there's also a sense of like, man, sometimes at the end of a Saturday, you kind of realize I wasted my day. Uh, I just got home, actually. This is a real story I was, I was out with. This is a real story as opposed to a made-up story. <laughs> I was out with my two uh, brothers-in-law last night. 
and uh, we went out for a beer. We talked. It was great. I got home around 10. I was tired. And so I had a choice. Go to bed or maybe read a little bit of a book. I love that. Do you know what I did? From 10 to 11, I went on Facebook and I actually went on people.com, ladies and gentlemen. I went on people.com and I clicked on an article about actors that have died in 2017. Now, did I really care about the actors that have died in 2017? I mean, on one level, sure. So I clicked through picture after picture after picture of Mary Tyler Moore, Don Rickles, uh, all these other people. And I got to 11 o'clock and it was like, what have I done? So if you, if you decided to do a spiritual practice at the end of every day and say, you know, two questions, how did I spend my time today? And did I feel in control of my time or did my time feel in control of me? Most likely those two questions would bring shame into your life. How did I spend my time today? Well, I went to work and then I went out with, you know, some friends and it was great. But then I went home and I was on people.com for an hour when I should have been asleep. So time is a bully. We're either stressed or bored or hyper aware of time passing. I, I, f- I feel like that's a little bit me right now. My kids are 10 and a half and eight and a half. And honestly, they, they really are at that moment. I didn't think this moment would ever come. Parents of littles, it comes, even though you hate. And I hated when someone told me, you know, uh, time goes so fast, you know, the, 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 you're going to blink and they're going to be in college. You're like, shut up. They just threw up on my back for the fourth time today. And I have to go to work. And I was late because I had to clean up barf off of my back. Uh, <laughs> if you have a little one. But honestly, it really is that right now. They're 10 and a half and eight and a half. The twins are eight and a half and Isaac's 10 and a half. And it's like, I really do want time to slow down. I'm hyper aware of time passing right now. Um, Or maybe you're numb to everything and and time is not really going that fast, not really going that slow, but you're kind of numb to things. So the, the ancient Greeks actually had two words to understand time. We just have the one word, time. So the first word's chronos. It's where we get our word chronological or anachronistic. Uh, It is a kind of quantitative time. It's clock time, right? It's seconds, minutes, hours, days. It's it's how we, you know, mark seasons and our birthdays. And um, it's, you know, the Greeks had uh, sort of uh, characters that would symbolize certain words. And so the character that symbolized chronos was father time, of course. Now, father time Look it up on Google if you want to. Put Kronos, Greek, Father Time, and you'll see a character that looks like the Grim Reaper carrying an hourglass and a scythe, right? And it's it looks like the Grim Reaper for a reason. Kronos um, means Saturn to the Romans, the, the planet Saturn, and it's stuff that'll kill you, that'll take away everything you have, and then eat you. 
most of how we understand time is this way, this quantitative clock time. Uh, the milk is going to expire at a certain date. That's chronos. And obviously, we need chronos. We need to run at a schedule. We need to know when it's time to get up and when it's time to go to bed, when it's time to start work, when it's time to go to school. Chronos uh, time is not bad. I'm not saying it's bad. But if it's the only way you understand time, then it really will always be a bully. It'll always be a bully unless you can figure out a different way to understand time. And so the other Greek word for understanding time is the word called kairos. Kairos, K-A-I-R-O-S. And it's an entirely different concept of time. It's not clock time. It's not quantitative time. It's qualitative time. And in the Greek, the symbol or person that represents it is a young man, fit, handsome. There are statues of Kairos all over Greece. And it's basically time that's lifted out of the ordinary business of life. It's that moment, that opportune moment that when you seize it, when you see it, time stands still. You realize this is the time to act. This is the time to do something. This is the time to listen to my friend. This is the time to quit my job. This is the time to start something entirely new. This is the time to drive across the country. This is the time to open up that bottle of wine that you've been saving. This is the time to make pizza even though it's 1130 at night. This is the time to stay up all night with your best friend talking. This is the time to go to the funeral because you know it's one of your best friends and their mom died and you gotta be there. And it's not a sense of like obligation. Oh no, it's like I know. I know that I know that I know that I am gonna be there for this person that I love. Uh, I actually That actually happened to me uh, a couple of years ago. My friend Sarah, who I've known for 25 years, uh, her dad died after a battle with um, an illness. And I hadn't talked to Sarah for kind of a long time. Um, I mean, not a super long time, maybe three or four years. And I found out that she died. I found out when the funeral was. And the funeral was probably an hour and a half away, maybe two hours away, up in her hometown of Little Falls, Minnesota. And man, I threw on a suit and drove up there. And I surprised her. I mean, surprise is the weird word for a funeral. But she didn't know I was coming, and I showed up, and I found her, and she bawled. She just broke down into tears, and we hugged. And, you know, we hadn't talked for, I don't know what it was. Maybe it wasn't three years, but it was quite a while. But all of a sudden, there we were. Um, there we were. We were dear, dear friends, and it was like no time had passed at all. And it was a Kairos moment. It was a ripe moment. It was opportune. It was an opportune moment to remember that some things are way more important than the TPS report that you said that you would do. You take that day off of work and you go to the funeral. Those are all Kairos moments. I love the quote from, Vic, uh, from Victor Hugo. All the forces in the world are not so powerful as an idea whose time has come, Victor Hugo. 
And uh, even though he didn't speak Greek that I know of, uh, that time, that word for time there is that would be the Kairos understanding of time. All the forces in the world are not so powerful as an idea whose time has come. Another person calls this kind of Kairos moment God's dimension. This is how God sees time uh, as ripe and as opportune and as qualitative. And now is the time. You know what I mean? So I want you to think about even right now, maybe you're driving, maybe you're running, maybe you're folding laundry. I want you to try to think about one of those moments like the one I described with my friend Sarah, where you just kind of knew, man, it was time. It was time to go to that funeral. It was time to make that meal for that friend who's sick and bring it over to their house without asking. It was, it was time to take that trip, even though you didn't really know how you're going to afford it. It was time to, um, to say that you love her, even though it makes no sense and you probably certainly will get rejected. Um, what is a moment, maybe it was a super small thing, maybe it was a big thing, where you like embraced Kairos, the Kairos moment, the moment that was ripe. And what did you do about it? Like, like, what did that look like? How was it that you embraced the Kairos moment? What kind of yes did you have? And what happened? Did it involve another person? And if so, how did they react? What happened in your spirit as you recognized the moment, embraced the moment, said yes to the moment, and pursued the moment? What, even as you think about that right now, and you know, if you need to sort of pause and then start over again, do that. But what happened in your spirit when you like encountered the Kairos moment and did something about it that you didn't miss the moment? You embraced it. You did it. You leaned in and you said yes. And these are the moments where you don't know what the outcome's going to be, y'all. I mean, when you say, I love you to that person, you don't know how they're going to react for the first time. Uh, when you surprise someone, when you bring pizza over, even though you, they didn't invite you, when you just stop by, when you go to the funeral, I mean, you, you just, you have no clue about what's going to happen next, but that's part of what's so beautiful about Kairos. You can't predict it. You can't control it. Something else is going on, which is utterly different than Kronos time. Kronos time is usually all about, it's about boundaries and confining the kind of uh, things that can happen within those moments. It's counting the moments. It's wasting the moments. It's trying to speed up the moments. It's trying to slow down the moments. You see what I'm saying? We're always trying to control Kronos. And the, iron, the, the irony is that we can't. But with Kairos, uh, these ripe, opportune moments that are sort of God's dimension, they open your soul and your heart into a new way of thinking and being. And you might say it's like, you know, when time stops or like when you lose track of time. And I suppose in one way, that would be a way of understanding it. But that's actually kind of trying to capture Kairos in Kronos terminology. So Kairos is something that almost transcends time. So there's a kid in my church. Uh, his name is Jacob. He's about 10. 
and great kid. I love this kid. And probably a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, he walked up to me and this kid's on the autism spectrum. I love this kid so much. He walked up to me and he gave me this bracelet. Um, and he, and it's autism awareness, blue bracelet. You can get this anywhere. And he said, Steve, uh, I don't know if you know, but I have autism. And I said, Oh yeah, Jacob, thank you so much. Uh, man, I love you. And I, I, yeah, I know. And he said, I'm, I'm wondering if you'd wear this bracelet. And he gave it to me and his eyes were like, you know, this is a Kairos moment. I mean, it, it took him a ton of courage to walk up to me and ask me that question. And, you know, luckily these are sort of the no brainers, right? Right. But I mean, it's amazing how many of these moments we can miss. But I said, Jacob, I will wear this thing. I'll never take it off. And I'm looking at it right now. I'm I, there. It is on my wrist. It's these puzzle pieces, red, yellow, blue, red, yellow, blue, red, yellow, blue. And it says autism awareness in white. And it's a blue uh, bracelet. And every time I see it, I think of my buddy Jacob. Now, um, Jacob is incredible. Um, and you know, sometimes during church, he's playing Minecraft because it's hard for him to, you know, sort of hang in there and stuff. But, um, but sometimes he serves communion with his mom or dad. And this is probably, gosh, I don't know. It was, it was over the summer, I think. And Jacob's mom gave me uh, the bread, the body of Christ. And then Jacob held out the cup. Um, we do at our church, we do communion every week called the Eucharist. Um, we do what's called intinction, which are, where you dip the bread into the cup. And he held out the cup and he said, this is the blood of Christ shed for you. Take and drink. And that, that also was a Kairos moment. I mean, I'm telling you, I, you know, we started this church. Our church is called Genesis about three and a half years ago. And we didn't know it was going to happen, man. I, I had no idea whether it was going to work or not and what kind of people were going to come. But um, getting surprised with some of the beautiful people that are there, like Jacob and his parents and his sister, are one of the things that just keep me going, you know? Because, you know, being a pastor in this day and age where it's so polarizing right now, our world is so polarizing, in the United States anyway, gang, I don't know if you know this, folks, you know, they're listening in maybe Australia or New Zealand or Ireland or Mexico or China. By the way, shout out to all those folks uh, that I know listen in. But, you know, perhaps you're not aware <laughs> that things are a little dicey over here in Los Estados Unidos. Uh, it's, it, it's a little funky and people are all over the map uh, regarding how they're feeling. People are just at the end of their rope regarding hope. And so being a pastor is a little goofy in this time because, you know, uh, you don't you don't really know what it is that people need. Uh, pretty much every Sunday, there's something that you could preach on that's different from the text that you prepared. Some tragedy happens or some injustice happens. I mean, it's pretty much every week you could be just reacting to the world events. And certainly, um, certainly we do that a lot. Um, but it's it's extremely it's extremely stressful. We're living in, in, in Kronos time. Uh, but we're looking for Kairos moments and moments like when Jacob served me communion was 
one of those. And there was another one with Jacob a couple weeks ago where, and his dad gave me a heads up. He's like, Hey, Jacob's going to want to talk to you today because he's got to get two, uh, scout badges. And they're, they're like, they're like spiritual, like spirituality badges or, you know, church. And they're not church badges. They're like religion badges or spirituality badges. But he wanted to talk to me. He, he had to do two different things for the course of the next like six to nine months. And he wanted me to help him pick out what it was that he was going to do, you know? And so we're sitting across the table from each other. It's before church on a Sunday morning. And I'm thinking there's nowhere in the world that I'd rather be than right here with this kid trying to figure out what he's going to do for his uh, scout badge. Uh, it was a Kairos moment, man. It was beautiful. And then this last week, I had one of my friends who um, sent me a recording of part of her story. And it was so beautiful and so heart-wrenching and so um, vulnerable. It included some things that was uh, really, I know, really hard for her to share. And she recorded it. And she sent it to me and she said, um, and actually here's what happened. She had sent it to me earlier, like, gosh, probably close to a month ago. Said, Hey, I want you to listen to this. And man, I forgot about it, you know, which isn't great folks. Let's just be honest about that. I apologize for that. Um, but then this week she sent, she did this really vulnerable thing. She says, Hey, you know, um, could you, could you maybe listen to that thing that I sent to you? Could you, could you maybe listen today? And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, yes, I will. I promise I will. And I did. And it was so gorgeous, so beautiful, so amazing. And that was a Kairos moment, right? Where someone shared something so tender with me. I felt so honored to have, have heard that. I mean, it was exquisite and hard and heart-wrenching and tear-producing. But this is what I'm talking about, gang. Like that, that, how do you describe that other than that's Kairos, right? When someone lets you into their world like that, so um, unbelievably tender. You know, it's like from time to time as human beings, we get to encounter those kinds of stories. We get to encounter the Jacobs of the world. We get to say, I love you. We get to go on that surprise trip. We get to march maybe against injustice uh, on a day's notice. Uh, my friend Carlos, who you heard a couple weeks ago, um, he's Puerto Rican and he got a hold of a bunch of water filters, flew to Puerto Rico, trained people how to use them. And now he's back here. That's a Kairos moment, folks. Uh, now that's a big one. I don't think they all had, they all have to be that big. But what I want to leave you with is like, now, of course, Kronos is in, you, you can't eliminate Kronos time, right? You got to actually get to work by a certain time and, and then work ends. And then you got to take the kids to soccer at a certain time and you got to pay your bills on time. And you do have to go to bed eventually and you have to get up eventually and, and you got to catch a plane to, to go to your work trip. And, you know, so, I mean, I get it. Kronos has a place in our life and it really does. And you can't, you can't escape that. And the point is not to escape it. 
But the question is, and the question I want to leave you with is, how is it that you can become more and more attuned to the Kairos moments that come at you every day? Because I'm convinced that there are Kairos moments, these ripe, opportune moments, these God dimension moments, these Jacob moments that come at you every day. And maybe, maybe, maybe we miss them because our heads are down looking at our phones or we're driving too fast or uh, we're just, it's just all a blur and we can't catch up to life. So I'm going to give you three thoughts. Uh, I don't know why it's three. Three is just what came up to me as I was writing my notes down. But they're three really, really simple things. Well, two, two simple and one not so simple. Okay, how about that? Uh, one is try for the rest of the week uh, to walk more slowly. Like however it is that you normally walk, walk slower. When you're walking from your cube to the bathroom, walk slower. When you're walking from your work to the parking lot to your car, walk slower. When you're going to the hotel room on a business trip, walk slower. And when you're walking slower, look up. Make eye contact. Smile. Okay, so that's one. Two, on your calendar, don't, don't stack things up one right after another. Don't um, fill every single crack. Plan like little five-minute blocks of and write nothing in your planner, in your calendar, on your iPhone. Plan nothing. And don't you know bring out your phone and check Twitter during that time or check email or blah, blah, blah. Literally for that five minutes, don't do anything. Look around. Stare out the window. <laughs> you think I'm crazy, don't you? But there's a thing inside of you that wants to, you know what I mean? That wants to stare out the window because like you're so chronosed out, you want to experience some, some Kairos. And then lastly, try to practice mindful eating. Meaning when you're eating, eat. Don't eat and read the paper, read the paper. Do you do that anymore? I mean, maybe, maybe some people do. Don't eat and look at your phone and, you know, try to talk to four people and talk on the phone. When you're eating, eat. When you're folding the laundry, fold the laundry. Put your attention on folding the laundry. Uh, when you're chopping onions, chop onions. And wear a ski mask. Honestly, it really works. Like if you're one of those people like me whose eyes water when you're chopping onions, wear a ski mask. I promise you it works. Um, when you're driving, drive. Now that doesn't mean you don't pop in a podcast or something like that, but try just to do one thing at a time. And I think you'll see that you will notice lots and lots of things. I'm going to leave you with a beautiful, uh, verse from the new Testament, second Corinthians six, two, this is essentially God speaking at the right time. I heard your prayers. That would be Kairos. On the day of salvation, I helped you. And this is my favorite part of the verse. I tell you that right that the right time is now. The day of salvation 
is now. I tell you that the right time, that's Kairos, is now. The day of salvation is now. What if you lived that way, my friends? The time is now. The day of salvation, now. What if you were more and more awake to the Kairos moments that come at you, I think, every day? Well, friends, always great to be with you. Um, We are dust and breath. We're limited and limitless. We're human and holy, and we are in it together. Grace and peace, my friends. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow me on Facebook at Steve Ween's Author, Twitter at Steve Ween's, and Instagram at Steve Ween's. And you can find all my work, all my books, the show notes, all kinds of other fun stuff on my website, steveweens.com. And please consider supporting me on Patreon. Lots of fun benefits for all levels of patrons. Check it out at patreon.com slash thisgoodword. The truth was you knew you were losing that fight in your suburb.